Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Pace Diagnostics, an emerging California-based biotech startup, initiated a crowdfunding campaign to help launch a novel and sensitive COVID-19 antigen rapid detection test that will boost the accuracy and the accessibility of COVID-19 testing worldwide. Anyone can perform this test and do not need anything else beside what is provided in the kit. Your support is needed to rid this virus and get more tests out there. Please make a donation right now by clicking the link in the description. Hello everyone, it's that time for the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, where we answer questions about technology explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. And now here's your host, John C. Morley. Hey, everyone. Welcome once again to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. I hope that uh, many of you didn't have uh, too much turkey this past Thanksgiving. And uh, now I guess you got to exercise a little bit. Um, How was your Thanksgiving, Marcus? We may be having a little bit of technical audio troubles here. Uh, but anyway, with Thanksgiving, I know uh, in a lot of turkey had some pumpkin pie and just so much stuff happening that I yeah. can't believe we're getting ready for, you know, another holiday. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, there you are. You're back. So was your Thanksgiving yeah, good, back. Marcus? You're back. Okay, yeah, it good. Was, it, was, it was pretty good. I can't believe it. It was here and it's gone already. And the year is almost over. Can you believe that? No, I can't. You know, uh, the years were blowing by pretty fast. And, you know, and I, I, you know, it seems like it was just yesterday. Yeah, it, it, it's something that this year is going to go by and then hopefully the vaccine is going to come. And hopefully this whole COVID thing will be behind us soon or at least be uh, in a safer place than where we are now. But, you know, now that Thanksgiving's over and we have to think about the holidays and stuff like that, we're always thinking about buying new gadgets, right, for our loved ones. And a lot of everybody wants to get the latest Apple phone and things like that. Well, here's an interesting uh, conundrum. The people <laughs> uh, behind Apple recently made the news. I'm not sure if you heard about this, Marcus, did you? And it wasn't in a good way. Yeah, I, I saw this. I saw it briefly about this, uh, just briefly. And um, you were you were talking about this on the other side. That this is uh, yes, astonishing. Yes, yes. So I first had to do like a double take. Are they serious? Um, this scheme involved donating 200 iPads worth about, I think it's about $70,000 to a sheriff's department in exchange for not just permits like gun permits, which is what they originally said. It was for concealed carrying permits. You know, this is, this is just a thing that we, we do not want to, you know, and really see uh, our world turning into this. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 absolutely crazy um, that you know everything that happened, and and the um, the person it was Thomas Moyer, Apple's head of global security. Uh, you'll be happy to know that he was actually indicted last week as part of a two-year investigation into the sheriff's uh, office at the Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office. Um, and, um, Moyer, uh, allegedly agreed to donate 200 iPads worth of 70,000 to the sheriff's office in exchange for four permits 
that had been withheld from Apple's employees. Wow. Just talk about and, like you know, how valuable the Al iPads are. Yeah, that, that was just, first they said it was just for like a gun permit, you know, like to be able to shoot, but this was yeah. a concealed weapon. I mean, they shouldn't have had even a gun permit, but this was really, you know, kind of top. And the district attorney's office said in a statement, um, you know, basically that, uh, you know, Moyer had a, a allegedly agreed to donate 200 iPads worth 70,000 to the sheriff's office exchange for four permits that had been withheld from Apple employees. So that was it right there. And Apple, in case you didn't know, is headquartered in Santa Clara County at the heart of Silicon Valley. So I don't know, what was this guy thinking, uh, Marcus? I mean, did he have rocks in his head or something? Yeah, I think he thought he was going to be able to get away with this. But, you know, clearly, you know, when you count the inventory up, you know, this is, this is too, way too many to, to try to slip underneath the rug. It, it, it's crazy, Marcus. I mean, I just can't believe that that somebody in this position, I mean, he basically, Marcus, I mean, he, he screwed his career up. I don't think he's going to be able to recover from this, if at all. Yeah, it's like that old saying, you'll never work in this town again. You know, you, you got to be honest and you got to realize that, you know, it's a small world, even though it's a big world, it's a small world. And when you do something wrong, okay, um, it's going to come back and bite you. And I guess yeah. people just don't believe that. Or they think that if they're making, you know, a high paycheck, it doesn't matter what you make, Marcus. If you make, let's say, 10000 20000 100000 uh, half a million, quarter million, or over a million dollars, you're still going to get in trouble if you do the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, and you know, everybody thinks that everybody thinks that money is just going to be able to buy their freedom. And I got news for you. It may buy you a great attorney. But when you do something that is really, really wrong, you're screwed. And this guy, Moyer, I wouldn't want to be him. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be defending this guy um, and, and trying to come up with, you know, with the words to try to, you know, um, to lessen the, the punishment that he's going to get. It, it just it blows my mind that somebody would even want to do something like this. But you have to ask yourself, you know, what was his motive? I mean, we'd have to ask our um, our resident psychologist. We didn't bring him on tonight. But I mean, you know, like you said, that odor thing. I mean, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, I feel that people believe, I guess, Marcus, they're above the law. Is, is, is that what you think it is? Yeah, I think it's a little bit about uh, uh, being above the law, and I, I think it's you know just the the whole idea of like, hey, you know, I, I may be able to get get away with it. Uh, I I think if you know if if I get away with it just one time, I'll be okay. Right. So you you get away with it one time, and then what happens after the one time? <laughs> Exactly. Do you go back for more? I mean, what what's the deal here? Yeah, you know, I don't think they learn after the first time. That's a, I, you know, because uh, if it if you got two hundred, you know, it, obviously you was able to. You, know, you looked at the that first one, and you know, you you say, oh, this first one's pretty easy. You know, let's make it one hundred and ninety nine more. Right. It's like when somebody gambles and they get used to gambling. And they're like, oh, I got rid of five. I got, you know, it's like a pattern, right? So now right. it becomes something that they don't just do once, but 
you know, once you build that pattern inside you and you create that habit, whether it's good or bad, your body is going to keep forcing you to do it because of a chemical need. Right. It gets pretty addictive after a while. Yeah. And, and I have to guess that this dude, uh, you know, that was indicted, I'm guessing there's more stuff that's going to come out about him that we don't quite yet know. And I'm sure that Apple is going to obviously deny all this. You know that. Yeah, exactly. They, they're going to try to type. Uh, they're going to try to disassociate themselves from this person at this point. Absolutely, uh, but you have to wonder one thing, Marcus. Was he the only person, or was there someone else involved? Now, luckily, he he unfortunately he got stuck with his hand in the cookie jar. Okay, that happened. Mm -hmm. But I have to believe, Marcus, that there's some other people at Apple that probably had their hand in that cookie jar too. They just didn't get caught. Yeah, you you know it is. You know, if if he got the idea, you know, I don't think it's you know it's an idea that's kind of stuck out on its own. You know, um, these Apple products they they're hot ticket items, and you know, yeah. so I'm uh, I'm pretty sure he's not the only one who thought thought about lifting these things and try to sell them. But I think something else, Marcus. I think that when they did this, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the guy who did this, okay, because they said it was not for Apple uh, employees. That means, Marcus, that he got these permits or he was going to get these uh, concealed permits. He was going to sell them on the black market. Oh, yeah. You yeah know, that's even uh, worse. That's even, that's even worse. worse. That's, that's, that's dangerous. That's pretty dangerous. You know, It's it dangerous just, because now yeah. how do you know the person – I wouldn't want a gun, but how do you know that the person you're giving a gun to even deserves the gun? You don't know. Right? You don't yeah, know that. You don't know. Uh, I could go on and on about that. But listen, my, my next guest, we're very fortunate to have uh, right here from my hometown, Franklin Lakes, New Jersey in Bergen County, uh, Nicholas uh, Ramanello, uh, who will be joining the stage very shortly. Uh, so he is a member of the FLVAC. Now, what is that? That is the Franklin Lakes Volunteer Ambulance Corps. And he's been with them for just about three years. He's also a volunteer at Spring Hill Community Ambulance Corps. And he has worked as an EMT, that's an uh, emergency medical technician for New Jersey Mobile Healthcare and several paid EMS, which is the emergency medical service agencies. That's what EMS is. So if you get those two terms confused, EMT is technician, S is services. And, um, you know, he has a real passion for this. So, ladies and gentlemen, I know you are probably concerned about COVID and how to wash your hands and all kinds of stuff like that. Please help me uh, welcome to the stage uh, Nicholas Romanello from Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, to talk to us about COVID and the things that you and I need to know to stay safe. So sp speaking about staying on guard um, with getting, um, you know, gun permits, you know, from just uh, receiving tablets is absolutely absurd and i can't believe that um you know apple is supposedly doing this but anyway speaking about staying on guard uh my next guest uh stays on guard in a little bit of a different way uh, his specialty is he is actually um a member of the flvac say that fast 100 times which basically stands for the Franklin Lakes Volunteer Ambulance Corps for about three years. He's volunteered at the Spring Hill Community Ambulance Corps, and he's also worked as an EMT, that's an uh, emergency medical technician, for the New Jersey Mobile Healthcare and several paid 
EMS agencies, uh, which is uh, emergency medical service agencies. Please help me welcome to the stage, uh, Nick Nicholas uh, Romanello. Hey, Nicholas, Hi, how are you? you? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, are you all ready for, for, the, uh, for everything that's coming up the pike with COVID or things been kind of quiet with you? Hopefully we're getting ready. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Things have been so far so good. Yeah, I, I know it's 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 a little bit challenging, I guess, with with everything that's going on. But you know, I, I have to ask you a question, and the first question I have to ask, you know, uh, you know, what actually got you passionate, uh, you know, to want to be in this field? Because being an EMT, I know that's not an easy thing. And myself being a first responder, it's it's a, just a few steps below that. What would you say, uh, you know, got you into this field? What got you so passionate to want to do this? Well, I would say just the desire and just the passion to help other people in need without expecting anything in return, be it monetary or anything else like that. That's really what really drove me to it. I've always had a calling to help those people in need, regardless of their ability to provide anything, honestly, in return for it. So that's basically what I would say is what has you know motivated me to become an EMT. That's amazing because, you know, you don't hear this a lot, Nicholas, where people are doing things for what do we call that, you know, to pay it forward. Uh, where's that world been? I mean, I always love doing things for other people, but I always says, you know, what are you getting for it? And I said, you know, you're just trying to help somebody. Right. But has, has that gone away with the dodo bird or what, what do you think happens with that with that mentality? I couldn't tell you for sure, but I noticed that just some people. They're just not very passionate about doing these things without, you know, some kind of money in return or some kind of benefit that that they can get. But I know with me and other members that I work with at the Volunteer Ambulance Corps in Franklin Lakes, we're very passionate. We really feel called to be there and to provide the service free of charge to all residents and, you know, inside or outside of the town. And I, I think that's that's remarkable. You know, you always have to be grateful for all the things you guys do because, you know, you never know when you're going to need your service. Hopefully you never will, but you're always grateful that someone like, uh, you know, you guys are there uh, to take care of those situations, uh, whether it be an elder person, a younger person, or uh, now with COVID, speaking about a lot of COVID cases coming up and having to be, you know, more protective. And I have to ask you, I mean, everybody being so crazy with how COVID's spreading and, and things like that. So how does COVID actually spread? I mean, is it really just the fact that, you know, we breathe and, and they get it? I mean, if I touch something, just explain a little bit for us about how COVID really spreads. I mean, what's the truth about this? Sure. The, the way COVID spreads is either by contact exposure, which is when you touch a contaminated surface and maybe touch your face, your eyes, or some portal of entry into your body. 
Another way that it is spread according to the CDC is airborne. So basically when you sneeze or cough, I should say particularly droplet um, contact particularly. So when you cough and sneeze, your body basically releases droplets, which are little bits of water, if you will, from when you cough and sneeze, it's moisture in your body. And that gets in the air, you see. And when you're around somebody that may have just coughed or sneezed, you're breathing in those particles of air, those droplets, I should say. And that's what's giving you exposure to that virus and therefore making you become infected. So this is why we recommend everybody that's out in public, that's sick or not sick, to always wear a mask because even talking and just even the simple act of breathing can release these droplets from our bodies. So now I have to ask just a quick question. So when, you know, we have to wear a mask every day, which is obviously no big deal, but some people make such a big deal about wearing a mask. Does it matter whether you wear a paper mask or you wear a cloth mask? Is there really much difference to that? Well, there actually is quite a difference, uh, really. When we talk about masks, we have to consider really what we're trying to block here, what we're trying to protect ourselves against. A paper mask probably is not going to really is not going to offer you as an individual any protection because there's no real filtration that a paper mask can really give you. Even a surgical mask is not really going to offer you the kind of protection that an M95 mask will offer you. However, these masks will prevent and definitely serve as a guard as preventing those droplets I was talking about before from being spread. Um, a recent research that was done by, um, I can't remember the agency, I, be I believe, I want to say it was CDC, but um, another health agency has ran you know, a, an experiment where they basically coughed on Petri dishes or aggregate plates or covered in aggregate, I should say. And they found that uncovered people that cough or even just so much as talk without a mask have a greater chance of spreading pathogens you know, after they cultivated those aggregate plates and saw it for themselves. But when somebody, when they ran those experiments again with a mask on, there was no uh, bacterial cultures or any pathogens present in those aggregate plates. So those particular masks that we were mentioning earlier, the paper and the surgical, mm -hmm. do offer protection for other people because it's preventing you from spreading those droplets mm -hmm. and potentially infecting people that way. How about as far as, you know, from the paper mask to, let's say, the cloth mask? Now, I know with the N95, because when I've helped responding, we wear the N95 when you're going to be closer to people that are infected. But for every day, I've started wearing, like, the regular white masks, you know, like the, the cloth ones, and you wash them. Is there any benefit between those? I know they're more comfortable as opposed to, like, the, 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 regular, um, the regular type of thing. Well, I mean... They're, they're okay for just going out as long as you're not in any large gatherings or in very close contact with strangers, let's say, that you may suspect are sick. They may be sufficient just for, you know, just going out in public and just, you know, kind of fulfilling that requirement. But in regards to being around large groups of people, it's recommended that you wear an M95 or something a little more... Um, that has more protective, uh, you know, uh, properties to it, such as the M95 that I was mentioning. But between so, the two, is there a difference between the paper and the cloth? I mean, is there anything better between those two? Not really quite, honestly. They're practically the same in, in regards to protecting yourself. They're, when it comes to the virus itself, they're not actually offering you as nearly as much protection as something that's more uh, thick, 
with protective equipment such as the, you know, as I keep saying it, the uh, M95. But they do offer some protection for other people because it prevents the transmission of droplets that from when you cough, breathe, or even talk. All right. So it is something that I guess people need to be concerned about. And I guess the other important thing is when you're wearing cloth masks, you have to make sure that you're obviously, um, you know, washing them because if you right. wear them, uh, you know, and you are being filtered by what's out there at some point you take that mask off, you know, the, uh, infection could be right there in the mask. So exactly it's really important that everybody is, is cognizant of that. Right. So this brings me a- to, this brings me to another, uh, important point um is um how do you properly take off ppe and why is it so important that we take it off properly certainly it's important to take it off properly obviously because the contagion in this case the virus could be present on that particular item when it comes to masks as you were mentioning with cloth masks it's important to kind of pick them off like right where they attach to your ears just pinch right there and just peel it off if you will you don't want to touch the center of the mask where uh, you're breathing from because that's where the pathogen, particularly the virus, could be present if it has uh, for some reason filtered it in any way in that sense. Um, some people like to wear gloves in public, which I've seen, which is not a bad idea. But I just remind people is you got to know how to take those gloves off properly. And it, it's not so easy to, to explain it. It's easier to show it. But you basically like we'll pretend my hands have the gloves on basically take one off you crumple it and then you just kind of use the other hand very carefully to go underneath the little um cuff if you will and to peel that off as well without touching the bear without touching that um glove with your hand as well so basically the bottom part your finger touches the bottom basically so if you're taking the mask off your your fingers are going to touch the inside of the mask correct uh, you don't only the part of the mask that you're not that's not exposed to the outside air. So you want to have your fingers kind of like if we're dealing with a cloth mask, you want to make sure that it's kind of going right where the where it connects to the ears. So I, I guess you call that the inside part. Okay. And kind of pull it off that and way. Pulling it off. Like sure. That. Don't grab it from the front. Or don't like grab it from the center. Exactly. That's just like the people that don't wear or that wear gloves and then they take them off wrong and now they've contaminated themselves because they didn't realize they've touched the part, like you said, that hit the air. And I don't think that's very common. A lot of people, I think, probably miss that. And they, they're trying to do the right thing, Nick. But then I guess right. what happens is <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, they take it off and they like, all that work, you know, they basically, it was for nothing. Right. And I mean, another thing to remember is that it's holding on to the pathogen as well. So it's also important to wash your hands as well when you take off your gloves too. Is there any study for how long the pathogens actually live? Is there any fact on how long they live for about? Well, we don't exactly have any information just yet on that. It's not entirely certain. Okay. It's believed that they, at least for a few days on a, on a plane surface, it can live um, very much like how the flu virus even is. The, I can't give you an exact date or a number sure. on that because no official research has been no, nothing just proven. yet. So... Obviously, this is putting some strain, I'm sure you know, on the hospitals is, is, is no secret. And I know that I guess in December it's going to spike again because this is like like wave two. Are the hospitals doing anything um, about it? And are they doing anything differently than they did the first time? Because when this first came out, they were running around crazy. And it just seemed like they weren't prepared, not that they should have been, but it just seemed like they were just going nuts just to keep up and, you know, handle 
things and then more people come in and then there were problems. So elaborate a little bit on that, Nicholas. Sure. I mean, a lot of hospitals are better prepared now than what they were originally. I mean, when we first started, we had really no idea how this virus really, how bad it was and how contagious exactly it was. I mean, we had the numbers, we had some knowledge of it, but we didn't really understand the implications in regards to that. We didn't actually see how serious it was then. Most hospitals didn't have the supplies, the materials and different things like that. So it became very, it very quickly became a situation for many hospitals of becoming overrun with COVID patients. And even then, um, due to just how serious this was, most hospitals didn't really know how to treat some of these COVID patients uh, that were not really exhibiting the more serious signs. You know, should they be admitted? Should they be released? So it, it just became a problem in that sense. But now since we know more about it and more and more knowledge and research is being done, um, more and more hospitals are, I feel, becoming better prepared for the second wave and any future COVID infections as well, including even on the EMS scale uh, of things as well. So it's just uh, at this point, just a matter of just applying what we've learned and just using that as a means of preparing for the second wave. Yeah, so a lot of people always say we're talking Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The second wave, I think a lot of them think we're, we're joking, but we're not. Uh, no. Unfortunately, guys, this this is not over 100%. And uh, it, it's far from over. I mean, I think the only thing we've got now, Nick, is that we basically understand a little more about what the virus is. We still don't have a 100% uh, you know, uh, factual description about what it is. But we have a little more clear, uh at least some of the description about what it has in its in its properties for the virus, but we're still not, I guess, a hundred percent on it. Exactly. I mean, we're not really entirely sure. Just again, like I mentioned, we're not sure how long it lives on the surface. Mm-hmm. It is believed that it lives maybe quite some time because it's enough to get someone sick, obviously, right? From where you know it originated. So not everything is a hundred percent, like you were saying, but we do have a pretty. I would say a good 95%, so to speak, in regards to the virus, though. I would say, you know, one thing that's probably in a lot of people's minds is that, um, you know, you go outside and they talk about the five foot, the six feet, the 10 feet, right? And there's no guarantee that six feet is actually enough. I mean, it could be 10, it could be 12, right? And uh, because if you were saying about the droplets and I was five feet away, I mean, they would say, don't uh, say it, don't spray it. But if somebody sprays <laughs> it, it's going to reach more than quite a few feet. Uh, and if somebody's yelling, and it also could reach, right? Um, the other thing I, that a lot of people don't realize is that when you're thinking about how it spreads, I think the biggest question is going to come up is that how quickly does it actually spread? If I'm by someone and a droplet hits me, does it, do you get infected that quickly or is there some time of exposure necessary 
to actually be considered infected, quote unquote? Yes, actually. There is, the CDC is now saying that you need to be at least 15 minutes in close contact with somebody. So close contact basically means anywhere in and or around six feet. So they're saying about 15 minutes is about a good amount of time to be exposed to the virus. But you also need a certain amount of the virus inside your body too to become infected. I, I don't know exactly how much to say, but they do so say you need so a certain 15 minutes. So if you're buying somebody for a minute or so, you shouldn't panic, but it's still good to be safe anytime. Uh, but a right. minute is going to cause a problem. But it's, it's, I guess they're trying to put a little more of onus on people that so they can be more careful because you don't know how long you're actually in front of somebody for and you can lose track of that time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's not just the time, even though they're saying it's 15 minutes, I still would play it safe and just not really spend any time closer than six feet from somebody, you know, that's maybe a stranger that you especially suspect may be sick with this condition or have become infected. So I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't take any chance. They have a new app that recently came out I was reading about, and it supposedly shares information about people you can get it uh, at the the CDC's uh, website it's on it's on the Apple store and and on Android and it allows people to voluntarily report and share their contact information with people to notify them without telling them who the person was right i've i've seen that as well it's um the phones now have it uh, Apple and Android it's it's done through the state now where you could put down if you tested positive and it basically, I guess, through Bluetooth or even Wi-Fi, alerts people within your vicinity uh, whether there's somebody. It checks, it checks people know. that are pretty close to you. Yeah. And if that is, is the case, it alerts you that they're close. It doesn't give you their name or share your information, but it just mm -hmm. lets you know that you're getting close to someone. It lets you know whether that person has had an exposure or has been sick or anything like that. But, yeah, it's it's exactly what you're saying. Because I know even with going like to church at MBS, they, you know, they don't sell tickets, but they actually offer tickets and you have to register online. And it's not just for the safety, but they want to keep everybody's name because they want to make sure that they have contact tracing in case somebody, right. you know, God forbid, ever got sick. They want to be able to notify everybody at that mass uh, that, you know, you could have been exposed to someone and they're doing a right. phenomenal job. But I think a lot of people, Nicholas, aren't. I mean, they're just not doing anything. That's the problem. A lot of places don't seem to be either taking this seriously or they're not taking it seriously enough. And you, you're, it's you're a problem. Right on that. So, if I have I a PPE mask, let's say a typical paper mask, how long is the disposal PPE good for? And how long is a cloth mask before I should wash it? And how about an N95? Okay. Are there differences? Well, when it comes to disposable PPE, technically, they're only good for one-time use. So basically, when you're done using it, you're technically supposed to throw it out. But now they're recommending that you can use it a few more times. But in regards to masks that are disposable, like the surgical or, or you know different things like that, it's recommended to throw it out after each use. But if you have the ability to disinfect it, say like with a Lysol spray or something, you can mm -hmm. lightly spray it a little bit on there to kind of disinfected a bit when it comes to cloth masks you want to wash them after every time you use them so when you're out in public and you come home make sure you take it off the way i explained pop it right in the, the wash or something and just clean it right away yeah that that's a very good tip and i can't tell how many times i've been outside even in franklin lakes where oh. people leave masks on the floor you don't want to touch them 
but they've just left the mask or they've left the gloves right on the floor. And I don't think people are conscientious so much about what's going on. Now, maybe they may understand what they're doing for themselves, but they're not taking respect enough to take care of our community, the people around us. I think everybody's so concerned. A lot of people are not concerned. There's a lot of people that are concerned and they're almost being selfish, Nicholas. You know, like they do what they need to for themselves, but they're not actually doing what they need to for others' protection. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's upsetting because most of these people that aren't taking it serious or not serious enough are not really entirely sure how it would affect them, but they certainly aren't considering how it's affecting other people. And what's most frustrating, I guess, from at least the perspectives that I've seen by taking COVID positive patients is they're only concerned about it when they get sick with it. It's like, oh, I got sick with it. How did I get sick with it? You know, and how do I deal with it? And it seems to be only then that they start really being more concerned about the virus. Exactly. It's like they, they don't, it's like, it's not an issue, but now when I'm sick, it suddenly becomes like the end of the world for them. Right. <laughs> and, and, so. and, it's, and it's just as serious before. I mean, I know a gentleman, he walks around with a Lysol can. Now I get it. Um, but you know, when there's areas and you know that there could be a case around, I think right now it's not a bad idea to walk around with a Lysol can or to walk around with a spray and to spray doorknobs. I try to make a practice to not touch things unless they're in my own, right. you know, residence or, or, or business. And even then you're still spraying them. But I mean, you know, like in my condo, not to touch the railings. And, you know, I keep a, a mindful eye of, okay, don't touch the railings. There's a door I have to open. Okay. Don't touch the door, spray it first, then open it. And, and people think you're crazy, but I think these extra steps uh, can really help us. Right. I mean, I can't blame you for doing it. Maybe it's excessive, but you know what? You can never be too careful. I mean, I have a friend whose mother's a nurse and she would wipe down everything with Sani wipes, these little disinfectant wipes at the hospital. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, hilarious, yeah. <laughs> but you can never be too careful. But I, I also want to add to that is always wash your hands too. No matter what you touch um, outside, especially of your home, always wash your hands too, because that's the single most way of preventing yourself from getting sick. And the, the typical way most people wash their hands is they turn on the faucet. They don't wait for the water to even get warm. And they do one of these jobs. They wash. They That's not washing your hands, is it? <laughs> no. You need to actually let that water get warm and get a good amount of soap on your hands to let it lather it up because it helps you see how much you've got your hands covered with. And it also allows the soap to fully do its job. And make sure you lather up and wash those hands for at least 20 seconds before rinsing. They're saying to say the saying say happy birthday three times or something like that, and that's enough time. Two or three times. That's about yeah, that's about twenty or even thirty seconds. You know, the longer the better in some sense. But twenty seconds is the recommended amount of time to get the full effect that the uh, the soap will have. And I was told that you don't want to use hot water too, because hot water can actually cause your hands to uh, cause more injury because you're actually going to be uh, opening up wounds or you know uh, damaging the skin. Well, the idea is with hot water is it dries out your skin. And when you dry out your skin and you're frequently washing your hands, it causes your hands to become cracked and maybe even cut in different forms of cuts to even show up as well. So that's why it's not recommended to use hot, at least not often, because hot water has the tendency or this really hot temperature in general has a tendency of drying out your skin. That's that's a really good point. Now, I was I was noticing this. Uh, before, when I had a couple of these boxes that somebody brought me for these masks and just reviewing them, there's something called the um, ASTM, the American Society for Testing and Materials. 
seems like there's an acronym for everything these days. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and based on the test scores, the ASTM assigns a numerical rating, I learned, for the barrier performance of the material, which is where we come up with a level one for low risk of fluid exposure, a level two for moderate risk of fluid exposure, and a level three for a high risk fluid exposure. When do we need each one of those? That sounds a little complicated. It is. I won't lie, even in our field. But you know, you're, you're looking good. You're looking pretty much anywhere between level and level one and two for protection against this virus for the average layperson. But for healthcare professionals and people that work really in the front lines and are certain to have some sort of exposure to it, the higher levels are better for them. But the lower are good for us. You know, just to average people. Nicholas, this has been really educational, uh, you know, being in the field for quite a while and being a, um, a responder, not an EMT, but a, an emergency responder. Uh, you know, we're always trained on things that a lot of the common public doesn't know. And I think that can help us and definitely in your field as well. But I think what a lot of people don't understand is that this is a mentality, you know, that this whole thing about this virus. Yes, it is a virus, but I think how it spreads has a lot to do with people's attitudes and their actions. Yes, you're very true there as well. I mean, if you have people that aren't taking this seriously um, or, you know, as much as they should, it's it's just going to keep getting worse. I mean, the large gatherings, the parties, everything like that, where there's a lot of disregard for the guidelines, it's only going to keep spreading. And I mean, you can lower it to a certain amount of people and having it outside, but if you're not taking the right precautions, it's still going to spread. And there's no way to really to stand there without a mask, without socially distancing and somehow expect that it's not going to spread. It, it's it's going to keep going as long as that keeps being the problem. I have to ask you this question. You may or may not know the answer. Is it limited to a certain age group? like 20s, 30s, 40s. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. He's older. I mean, is it is there is it millennials? I mean, where is the spread happening most? I mean, is is it um what would would you say that it's happening? Would you say that it's happening mostly from that or, or hard to say? It's hard to say exactly. I mean, so far the spikes that we have seen, according to different sources, including the military, is that they're noticing that it seems to be as of right now, mostly among younger folks where the spreading is occurring. Nothing serious, of course, in regards to symptoms and getting sick, but we're seeing more young people spreading it because it's really this age group where you're seeing a lot of disregard for the guidelines, unfortunately. So my last question to ask before I let you go is, what advice, Nicholas, can you leave our viewers uh, tonight uh, now that Thanksgiving um, is over and we're going to be into some other holidays and New Year's too, uh, any advice or tips that you'd like to give our audience? Certainly. Um, always remember to wash your hands frequently, especially when you're out. 
try to avoid large gatherings as much as you can, you know, limit your distances from people to be at or greater than six feet, always wear a mask in public and um, just do your part. That's really just it. Do your part and that will help contain the spread. Well, Nicholas, this has been really educational. Again, I want to thank you uh, so much. Normally we do these segments about 15 minutes, but this has been so educational. And uh, I know that our audience really appreciates uh, what you've done today and the value that you've brought forward, because if we could just help save one life, um, I think this is all worth it. So again, thank you very much. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your holidays. Very happy, healthy new year. And I'm sure we'll probably connect with you again and maybe get your thoughts about, you know, what's happening maybe after this vaccine comes out or what's going to be after this sweep too. Is there going to be something else that's going to happen and uh, what's happening in the field? Exactly. So thank you. Thank you so much, Nicholas. And uh, we will talk to you again soon, but have yourself a great holiday. And uh, I thank you for being a guest on the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. And it was a real pleasure. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Nicholas Romanello uh, from Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, and uh, EMT serving our fine community for three years and growing in many other areas and really providing value. You really have to thank these guys uh, and ladies because if we didn't have these people, well, I got to tell you, I don't think uh, a lot of people may have that second chance at life. So thank you very much, Nicholas. Sure thing. Take care now. So uh, this was absolutely amazing, you know, to understand what's going on and, and what's happening in the EMT world and just what is happening overall with the COVID pandemic. And, you know, a lot of these things that we talked about today, they may not sound like rocket science, but they're things that we're not doing every day. So let's quit playing the games. Let's make a conscientious effort, everyone, and start doing these things. All right. Let's, you know, forget the, the politics. Let's forget the social niceties. You go to somebody's place and they say, gee, you got to take your mask off. Well, leave. First of all, you shouldn't have more than five or six people there anyway. And try to limit your socialists that you're going to have. I mean, I know you're going to probably want to be with some people, but really spend time away from people. Um, even if you're doing some community actions, stay 10 feet away from people and just watch what you touch. I cannot explain that anymore. Um, again, I am very grateful to Nicholas for spending time with us uh, tonight. I hope you have all had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving and that you didn't eat too much turkey, uh, but you always have time over the weekend to take a walk, uh, maybe take a jog, and of course, social distance when you do that, uh, or maybe just do some push-ups at home. Uh, we are going to be coming back with our next segment on the, um, you know, the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, uh, and we'll be talking about next where we actually get involved with uh, a new type of wireless technology uh, that is going to allow you to basically communicate um, space. All right. We will uh, see you soon. Well, uh, Nicholas, I have to tell you, that was some presentation. I mean, I don't know about you, Marcus, but did you learn something from that? Yeah, it was quite a bit of the educational moment right there. I, I needed that, and I, I think it's really going to help me to move forward. I mean, knowing about the way, you know, you wash your hands, 
I mean, we all wash our hands, but, you know, we always joke about, you know, when you're in the bathroom, they always say, you know, you're, you're hearing somebody say happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. You're supposed to do that. And literally, he was saying that you have to wash your hands, but you have to pay attention to the lather. I don't think I've ever done that, Mark. So I never really pay attention, or maybe I've done it once or twice, but I don't make a conscious effort to make sure my hands are really lathered up. I just don't make that. So now I know I'm going to do that. And something else interesting we learned about was the uh, uh, the American Society for Testing and Materials, uh, the level one, level two, and level three, which is really important. A level one is for low risk of fluid exposure. Level two is for moderate risk of fluid exposure. And level three is for high risk of fluid exposure. But I definitely would go back, ladies and gentlemen, and, and rewatch uh, that part of the segment. There's just so much information. I don't know if we could digest all of it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think we can. You know, it's, it's you know, it, it really uh, takes takes that word mindfulness. And, and when you add that word mindfulness to what he, you know, uh, has introduced, it, it really will help you uh, to to better, you know, uh, take into account to what he was what he presented. I, I am very grateful uh, to Nicholas for giving us his time and not only giving us his time, you know, tonight, but also um, to Franklin Lakes community and for all the other communities he's helping both as a uh, volunteer and as a paid uh, staff member to help keep us sick, uh, to keep us well, I should say, and not, and not sick. And, right. you know, you're, you're never really grateful. A lot of people aren't grateful for these things until you actually need them. And hopefully you never will. But I'll tell you what um, came to mind, and this is one reason I'm very grateful for this, is that uh, my grandmother many years ago when she had died, you know, the ambulance, every year we would give them a donation, never knowing if we're going to need them. But when we needed them, they were right then and there, Marcus. And they made the last days, uh, weeks and days of my grandmother's life, let's say a lot less painful. And... Uh, at least a little more durable for her and bearable, you know? So I think we definitely have to, you know, give a donation to them once in a while. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, you know? So I couldn't agree with you more, John. You know, very excellent gesture to, to, to put in place there. So again, uh, I'm, I'm sure Marcus uh, sends out with me as well and our show and the whole team that we are very grateful for everything uh, that you do, uh, Nicholas, for, again, our community here in Franklin Lakes and for everyone around. And please keep us safe. And uh, um, hopefully you'll choose to join us again in a few months and give us some more tips about some things that maybe we need to know, uh, because that information is is very important. And there was one thing he even shared with me offline before we even had our interview, um, uh, a little before when we were doing our pre-interview, was you have to be careful of the railings. You know, mm. when you're touching the railings, um, so I have one of these little tiny bottles. Uh, it's not a liquor bottle. And I spray this. Okay? I spray yeah. this. Okay. Uh, and you laugh. But, you know, it's important not to touch things unless it it's is. in your own personal area. All right. I can go on and on again. Again, my gratitude uh, to him is uh, more than words can say. But speaking about things we're grateful for, I mean, we take advantage of the Internet, don't we? We all yeah, have Internet. Do. Yeah. But there's some people, Marcus, that don't have Internet. And there's a new there's well, I say a new company, but there's a company coming on the horizon. You might have heard of SpaceX. They're not new, but mm -hmm. they're launching um, a new Internet service. It's in the beta right now. Uh, Elon Musk's company, as you guys know, he's always doing innovative and creative things that are great for the world. So um, they created this new event called Starlink. 
And um, basically, it's $99 a month, okay, for satellite internet service. Mm. $499 one-time equipment fee, and you'll get download speeds of 50 to 150, unlimited data. There are some periodic outages during this beta test phase, and it's limited uh, availability at the current time. So they're hoping to build this, obviously, a lot more and to have stability where people may not have um, you know, internet services where they can't get them. I know one right. neighbor, it was going to cost him close to, I think, $4,000 to be able to bring the wire up his driveway. Wow. Because he lives like almost on a farm and uh, the cable company wouldn't do it. So again, beta tests right now, 50 to 150 megabits per second. The delay is 20 to 40 milliseconds. They're hoping that by summertime, the delay will be six to 19 seconds. Not bad. And it's not bad at all. You know, You're going to need to get a couple yeah. things. You're going to need to get a ground terminal, the antenna, the Wi-Fi router, which again, the whole the package is saying is $4.99 plus tax, I'm sure, and then $99 a month uh, for the subscription. So again, a real unique uh, service. But the thing I do have to tell you about is that if the weather's bad, that's going to affect uh, how well uh, your internet works. But for people that don't have a choice or people that need internet on the go, uh, this is probably going to be cheaper than getting like your 4G and 5G service, uh, Marcus, just because they're going to be able to roll it out in such quantity. And it doesn't look like they're going to be nickel and diming people. They're doing an unlimited uh, service. That's pretty neat. That is pretty sweet. And, and that's really a, a, a good added value there. And and what I'm looking at the most is, is, the, is, is the mere fact that, you know, some of these, these rural areas are, you know, just just – desperate for some type of better connection, some type of comparable, um, you know, service that can, you know, really serve them a little bit better. Exactly. So at least, you know, we're going to have choices. I think a lot of people in some communities, Marcus, they don't have choices. And now uh, this is one thing I love uh, with Elon Musk is that, you know, he gives people a choice. Uh, It may cost you a few bucks, but you have a choice, uh, which I think is is great. (laughs) Uh, speaking yeah. about uh, new things and a lot of tensions that have been building around us, uh, India <laughs> and the Indian officials have now banned more than 200, mostly Chinese apps. And uh, wildly, the popular platform, TikTok, mm-hmm. just the last five months. So relations mm-hmm. between India and China have been kind of frayed uh, since this deadly uh, border clash in June. So... I don't know. What do you think is going to happen with that, Marcus? I, I think it's going to be a full-blown, you know, anti-Chinese thing, you know, going with India and, and China. I, I don't see the... Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. His relations improving. It's going to be. It's going to turn into a tech, a, tech, uh, a technology war uh, or a cyber war. Um, yeah, exactly. 
you know, and I want to um, quote Jai. I want to quote Jai Rong. That's J I R O N G spokesperson for China's embassy in India. And he said, I quote, we firmly oppose the Indian side's repeated use of national security as an excuse to prohibit some mobile apps with Chinese background. Mm. So that was very interesting. <laughs> and this statement caused the Indian government to announce uh, then that it was banning 43 more apps. Again, many of them Chinese. So I think they're trying to just send a message. I don't know if it's really the app that's the problem. I think they're just trying to send a political message, Marcus. Yeah, it, it does seem very politically dr driven. And and again, you know, this is going to turn into a national security thing, uh, risk here, factor here, and where you're going to have like uh, cyber, uh, all out cyber war, warfare. And um, real soon, you know, um, India is going to want to monopolize their own uh, own stuff uh, within their own country and, and not allow any outside outsiders in. We'll have to just follow what's going to go on. But I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be another interesting, what can I say, a movie or sitcom to watch uh, as it unfolds. But I think it's also going to affect pricing too, Marcus. Uh, I think it's definitely going to affect pricing and, and availability, or should we say forced unavailability so they can raise prices? Maybe the only way they can get back in is if they, if they pay to play. Right. We've heard that before. Pay to play. And uh, they figure they're just going to get the money because everybody wants to play. It's not a choice <laughs> of if they want to play. It's that they want to play. People said one time before, you know, you have luxury and you have necessities, right? So yeah. people before many years ago said that a cell phone is a luxury. I mm -hmm. think you probably agree with me today that a luxury, a phone, a cell phone is not a luxury more. It is a necessity. It's definitely a necessity unless you just want the, the greatest of the greatest of the phones. Uh, but even the greatest <laughs> of the greatest of the phone is still like a, a commonality <laughs> among among phones nowadays. So speaking about phones, uh, that leads me to my next thing. So you remember I got the uh, the iPhone, uh, you know, um, 12, uh, 12 Max Pro, as you can see here. Pretty much you can see it on screen. And uh, I got to tell you, Marcus, I'm really pleased with the phone. I so, have never been so pleased with a phone in all the Apple products that I've ever gotten. Um, yes, it's not an expensive phone, but the value of it, I think, was great. There was one thing, though, that I don't like about it. You know what that one thing is? That was that? one thing that I don't like. The one thing that I did not like about this is that this particular phone, or all phones, I, I use something called the Microsoft uh, Authenticator for Two-Factor. There are other apps you can use, like Google's, etc. Well, the thing that I am not crazy about is I had about 60 different apps, um, websites, and programs that needed two-factor authentication per my choice. Well, what the Authenticator does is that basically every 60 seconds, it literally changes and gives me a one a code that's good for basically uh, basically 60 seconds. And then it erases and goes to another code. So that's great. And it even has a backup option. But out of all of that, those 60 apps, only 40 of them transferred to my new phone. The authenticator. Oh. So those other, let's say, 20, I had to manually add, which took me close to three hours. Oh, wow. Uh, this is, you know, uh, you know, I, I guess that's <laughs> you, you're giving up something for, you know, all of the other 
things you know i i agree but i would have thought that if i went through all the backup and i did all my backup probably and everything else came over fine but there were things like my banking apps they didn't work i had to uninstall them and reinstall them again and then re-authenticate so that didn't work um everything else pretty much worked obviously on all phones you have to because it's um you know it's it's a mac address when you pair it to your car or to other Bluetooth device, you have to repair them because it's a Mac address. So that can't transfer. Right. So I get that. But I think they could have done a better job. Um, and I guess a company doesn't want to really back up or no one's going to give access to back up the Microsoft Authenticator because it is all encrypted. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that Microsoft, OK, because it's their product, they should have done a better job. Yeah, I agree. They should have done a better job. I mean, yeah. this transfer, Marcus, should have been done in 10 minutes. Yeah. All right. And all my emails came over fine. I have to tell you horror stories. Many years ago, when you would go from phone to phone, my emails wouldn't come over correctly. The IMAPs and the POS would be sent correctly. That all worked perfectly. So that was an improvement, uh, Apple. But um, you need to go, uh, I guess, get in bed and sleep with Microsoft for a few weeks because you're not getting the security between those apps and you're not working well. Uh, I think that they need to work well, and that should have been part of the backup. I think that should have all been part of it because Microsoft actually forces you to use their cloud. But they used force you to use the cloud backup uh, to Apple to be able to do that. So, I mean, can't they get this right? But again, I love the product. The other thing I want to share with you is that so it didn't come with a case. I had to buy the case. The case was like another 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll notice that my phone has a clear bottom. Now, my phone, I chose the blue. And the right. thing about the phone is that you see how I chose the clear. Now, why did I choose the clear bottom? You think? Uh, so I would guess the clear bottom on the on the on the iPhone is probably you know um, for a mirror. You know, is it is, is it serving as a mirror? What is it serving as? No, no. There's actually another reason. It looks kind of sexy, but that's not why I did it. I did it because if I do want to use the charging, it actually charges a lot better when you have the clear phone, so you can just oh. put it right on. It'll charge a lot faster than if you had some other uh, blocking of that. So that's why I did that. And a lot of people don't know that if you're going to be using a similar thing like Air Charge or that technology, the newer version, you have to make sure you get this. Or you're going to be very frustrated with charging the phone. But I don't really charge a phone like that maybe once in a blue moon. Not a lot. Uh, I do it more at the office, but at home, I just plug in the little tab. And I just put this little tab. And I think they did a nice little job here. You can kind of see on the bottom. But again, nice little case. So this is life proof. I do like the case. Nice. But it didn't come with a clip. Oh, man. So I had to pay $30 for a clip. Now, here's the best part. I just love this. The clip and the life activator little button here, $30. Follow that? So this is the magic. So I take this little thing here and I put my phone on it just like this. And now my phone is locked in there. It ain't coming off. Okay. If I take the clip and I push it down, just all I do is take my phone and I can just rotate it, pull it right off. So once the clip is locked in the lock position and I put it on, it'll put it on either way. It's just that it will not, it will not twist. Once I, once I go ahead and do this, and that's the magic, you don't try to pull it off. When right. you actually twist it, the magnet goes in enough that it releases. So I got to tell you, very, very happy with this. I mean, it clips right to my belt. Uh, the only thing I got to tell you is that 
I sometimes keep forgetting that I have the clip and I keep putting it in my pocket. And a couple times I was like, where did my phone go? Because I've been putting it in my, in my pocket for a couple uh, of, you know, a couple, <laughs> couple weeks. So a great little phone charges really quickly. Screen's amazing. The camera is to die for. Uh, I think the, the graphics quality, even doing a FaceTime on it, Zoom mm -hmm. call on it, really great quality. And the phone boots up really quickly. I haven't tried to do an update on it yet. Well, actually, I lied. When I got the phone, the phone actually had, it was one update away. But it updated okay. very quickly. Very, very quickly. So I'm hoping there won't be any more updates for a while. But again, I'll give the, um, you know, the the um, Apple's Max 12 Pro phone a thumbs up. Uh, it is going to set you back about 13, 1400 bucks, but uh, I think you're going to be very happy with the phone. And also that case will protect it from dropping about six feet. So it's not waterproof. It's water resistant. Right. So that's so, my, so what, that's my what, what is your overall uh, rating number? You know, between, um, so if I had to give the phone a rating, I got to give it a rating. Okay. So yeah. out of all phones that I've got in the Apple world, I'm not going to give it a 10. Let's say 10 was the top. Okay. I'm going to give it about a seven and a half to an eight. And the reason I'm going to do that is I am so pissed at the amount of time I had to spend to get all my secure apps on there. Mm. That, I mean, that was just crazy. And you know yeah. how a lot of people do their transfers on the phone. Now I transfer, if I didn't have my app, I would have been done very quickly with, with the secure uh, two factor authentication apps. A lot of people, you know how they do it at the store. They do Apple, Apple transfer phone to phone. That takes forever. Yeah, it does. Uh, that's, that's that's longer than a 30. That's about a 30 minute process or longer. So I backed up my phone with iTunes. So you always want to make sure you have the latest iTunes on your computer. You're going to back it up. Once you back it up, um, the mo most important thing you have to do, Marcus, is you have to back it up. But before you actually will transfer the data, uh, you, you put your new phone. In. So you take your old phone, you back it up, you do everything you want to do with it. You make sure everything is good. Now you take your phone to the side and you take your new phone and you don't take the SIM card out. You actually uh, will activate it with the little QR code they gave you, or you can call in and it will activate the phone. It takes maybe, uh, maybe about a minute or two. And once that's done, the other phone is active. Now, once the other phone is active, you can go through, you can make calls with it, but you go through the setup screen. And what I do is I typically go through and um, I just, you know, just choose setting up the phone the way I normally would, just, just standard. And then what I do is I see, I put it on my Wi-Fi network as you're going through the setup. And I make sure that it's on the same version, which is the latest version of what I put on the other phone. Because you can't restore that to another or you'll have a problem. So if you right. know, before you update your phone, ladies and gentlemen, make sure that your old phone has the latest version of Apple on it. Always back up everything before you do it. If it didn't have it, make sure you back it up first. Then go ahead and install the latest version of um of the uh, Apple iOS. Once you've done that, then you are ready to proceed. And then you're ready to make sure this phone has the latest. And then you're ready to connect that phone in, but don't do it before. And it will ask you if you want to create or you want to transfer your data and you want to transfer your data. And then that phone becomes the new phone. But a lot of people, Marcus, do that before it's time. And they're really pulling their hair out. Yeah. They, they, they get, they get very frustrated and, and, before you know it, then they have screwed everything up and they're, they're playing the weight game. Exactly. So so that's definitely uh, an issue, but definitely a thumbs up on the phone. And um, I have never been so pleased uh, with an Apple product phone.
just the quality of it, uh, the way the screen works, it just works. Uh, I have, to be honest, I think I have had one freeze so far in a couple weeks. Now, I'm not sure if it's the Apple or it's it's the app. I think it's probably the app just not being compatible. And it actually was a freeze with, um, it was actually with the LinkedIn app. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to blame it's probably the LinkedIn app not being updated because there isn't one yet. But everything else I've done, Marcus, nothing has frozen. So I'm going to attribute that probably to the LinkedIn app still being not able to handle it, not compatible with the latest technology because there is some new features. Yeah, that could be what it is. And, um, you know, but, you know, as you mentioned, all the the other apps are working just fine because you have been able to, you know, either use use the current versions of those apps or, you know, or update them, which makes, they, which makes they, total, they total, work, total they, sense. They work, they work very well. Uh, you do have a 15-day return policy on these phones. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to tell you, too, is that before – so what I did is I did the upgrade. Um, mm -hmm. so when you do the upgrade, you actually have to return the phone within so many days. Now it's not 30 days anymore. It's like 10 or 12. It's not a lot. It's not a lot of time. So when you get the phone, you got to be on your game. You got to basically, you do what you're going to do now before you make sure your phone's working well. Then once everything's working well, you go to this phone and you go to settings and you do a reset. When you do a reset, you're going to get a warning that's going to come up and say, would you like me to just reset the phone or reset after it's finished updating the cloud data? Because remember, all the cloud data is not going to transfer through your iTunes if you had any of that. And then right. once that's transferred, then you can go through, erase out the phone, it wipes it out. Now, one important thing I'll tell you before you do that, you have to make sure that you go into uh, iPhone.com, okay, my Apple, and you basically turn off or you can do it on the phone find my iPhone. You have to turn that off. If you do not turn that off and you return your phone, well, you're going to get billed pretty much the phone price. Oof. Because <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think nobody wants that. So this is this is some great advice here that you offering, John. I think you're going to really save some people a lot of heartache here. And once you've done all that and you've wiped your phone, so you can, you're going to so say, oh, I've wiped my phone. It's fine. No, I could still have find my iPhone even if it's wiped. So you have to make sure find my iPhone is turned off. Um, you've got it wiped. Now you've wiped your phone. Uh, you're good to go. Now you're ready to go ahead and take that package and put it in the, in the little bubble wrap they give you, put the label, save it, bring it to your, whatever store you're going to go to that ever does, uh, I mean, it was UPS and save the label. Now, what you're going to find is that in a day or two, they're going to ask, they're going to tell you the phone hasn't been received. They get a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, how can I say over, uh, anxious for the phone. So my phone actually was returned back to them that Monday, okay? So the phone got in my hands on the 13th. I returned it that Monday, all right? Okay. So that Monday happened. They were already bugging me on Tuesday, all right? They got the darn phone back on the 19th. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> this is crazy. You know, so I... Why is this happening, John? You know, um, I think I think the problem is so these phones are obviously expensive. And I think Verizon, a lot of these carriers have had issues that people don't return the phones. Yeah, well, I, I guess that kind of makes sense, you know, but it makes sense. But I, but I wish they would just give you 30 days. Yeah. So now they're not even giving that to you anymore. Yeah, well. Without so definitely return the phone now. If you if you if you've gone the two years and you own your phone, clear. All right, 
then you actually can get about a $400, $500 credit by turning the phone in. So when you go to the website and you do an upgrade, it's very confusing. It says you don't qualify. One upgrade is basically if you have a phone that is ready to be upgraded. Right. Like it has a value because you own it. Another one is because there's value left on it because you're still leasing it. And the website was not done very well. In fact, I probably would give Verizon's website on a scale of one to 10. I won't give them a two, but I probably will give them a five. I thought <laughs> it was a terrible ordering process. Terrible <laughs> ordering process. Then, of course, you know, they make the phone obsolete so nobody can get it. That's what they do. Yeah, it's pretty purpose, uh, purpose by purpose and design. So, so yeah, these 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 huge companies, they you know, they feel like they can just do whatever they want. Sometimes it's 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 absolutely crazy. So I hope you'll you'll take my two cents. And uh, if you are getting a phone, either now or Christmas time or Hanukkah or wherever holiday you're getting it, uh, just make sure that you have backed up your phone and you've got the latest version of uh, the iOS on there, which is now 14.2 as of uh, the date of this video. And uh, then make sure that you've got a backup of your phone. I back up my phone, Marcus, at least once a week. Uh, I like having that backup on my laptop. And then I have another backup system that backs up every night. But just have yourself a backup because, you know, that backs up all your contacts and things like that. But if you do have a car and it's got Bluetooth, Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to just, you know, pretty much connect it. You're going to have to reconnect because it's not going to remember the information. And it can't because, again, it's a different MAC address. So it, it doesn't know how to talk to your car. It's, it's, it's like it's changing. The equipment is different. It's kind of like if you have a red bulb in there and suddenly I want it to be green. Well, I can't make it green unless I change the bulb to be green, right? Right. So exactly. uh, that's that's been the thing there. So. Uh, I think that something that's been really uh, intriguing me, Marcus, has been these new pro robots. And um, there's this one robot that I got to tell you, I'm really impressed with. Uh, Boston Dynamics, who, who did the robot, they sold about 260 units of this. The University of Bristol um, used their robot. Uh, it almost looks like a dog, but the way it has the legs and things like that. And um, they were putting little, um, like, uh, I guess, cloth or things around the feet. So this way, it, I guess it didn't cause, uh, it didn't get dirty or whatever. It's almost like, I don't want to call uh -huh. them shoes, but I guess that's the concept. So what they did is they used this robot to create a 3D map of the level of the radioactive contamination in the Chernobyl nuclear disaster site. Right. All right. Now. That's a very dangerous thing to do. That is. They deployed. Uh, <laughs> What's that? Man, man, I can just imagine an accident waiting to happen. So the thing is, they deployed and removed these robots with the help of air drones. Mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> send, send another robot to, to get, a, get the robot. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> well, we don't want people in there, right? Yeah, we don't. So that 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 was something that was really really uh, fascinating to me how they were able to you know do that, and um, now uh, it recently received an arm, which is going to be able to help it to be able to open doors and even work with many tools that we as humans use. That's going to open up a lot of possibilities, isn't it? Yes. It's going to put uh, a lot of people out. Of, it's going to put a lot of people out of work too. Unfortunately. Yeah that that, that is the only thing. Uh, so, I mean, you know, 
we've been warned of this age coming and you know, we keep going more and more into this robot robot age uh and real soon ai and, and robots would be the be the norm yeah uh so you're probably wondering you know marcus how much does this little puppy cost <laughs> want to take a guess We might have lost some audio there. I don't know if I hear you. Okay. Uh, how much you think this puppy costs? About the, about ten grand. Oh well, you might be able to get part of it for ten grand. <laughs> Try uh, about seventy four thousand five hundred. Holy smoke! They call the robot Spot Robot from Boston Dynamics. You can actually go online and buy one right now. Wow. And it even wow. includes shipping with the well for that price they should <laughs> Yeah, they should. Uh but Boston Dynamics has been um asking questions about when its robots are going to go on sale and how much they'll cost for at least a dozen years now. So they're saying that you can buy it, but really you you can't. Uh they're just doing them in special prototypes. Um and I'm thinking the price has got to go down, Marcus, as they can produce this in large quantities. Yeah, it, it has to go down. You know, uh, there's no it, way, no way. It this looks be though. It looks so, the thing about this robot, though, it doesn't look very friendly, Marcus. Uh, it looks like something you'd almost see, like in a Star Wars or something. It looks very surreal. Um, you know, it has like a scanner head, and it just doesn't look very friendly. No, it doesn't. You know, so. I mean, they made it yellow and the black feet, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to spend $74,000 on that. <laughs> no, but they are using it for some, for some good, for some good things. Um, we talked about fabrics, you know, before, and, and I found this uh, really interesting is that Microsoft uh, has actually come up with something pretty neat. It's called capacitive. It's a smart fabric. It's called capacitive grid electrodes. It uses those machine learning and it measures the material, the shape and the type of quantity on a particular part of the fabric. And they can actually tell how big it is and the type of components it has in it, uh, the weight of it. Uh, and they can even tell some of the structure of it. But this is just in the beginning stages. And they call it the Microsoft Smart Fabric. Uh, and you're probably saying, you know, well, why would you want a Microsoft fabric? I mean, wh why would somebody want something like this? Yeah, you know, why is that? Yeah, that, that was that was going through my that was going through my head too. A Microsoft, you know, smart fabric. Um, it, it's basically going to be great for. I'm going to tell you for like cooks. Uh huh. Uh, you know, when they're doing different types of things, and uh, it, it's going to help them with portion control and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sold on it yet. I mean, the picture they had looks nice. Uh, but I don't know, Marcus, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if it's going to go anymore, if it's really going to go anywhere. So they're saying it can recognize food that you put on the table, whether it's an apple or an orange. And they're saying it's going to be helpful for food tracking or for recipe apps. Yeah, this, this, this can definitely come in hand, and uh, this this definitely has its place uh, where where they're they're trying to market it too. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's... Im- Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. May have some potential, but I don't know exactly how much potential. You know what? I, I think it's got, I think a lot more um, things have got to come to fruition with, you know, what's going to happen with it. Because if there's no market for it, I mean, I'm thinking this is going to be pretty expensive. And I don't know what the warranty is going to be like. And they're claiming that they can actually sense different types of liquids and stuff. But how much liquid can they sense before it could possibly become a problem and cause like a, a disaster? Yeah, especially if 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 you you know got some concerns uh, about you know where to put all this stuff. So <laughs> you know, so this is yeah. I I don't know about this. You know, so um, I, don't, I don't either. Um, so. It, it 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 has it 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 intrigues me, okay, but I don't know if it's something that is going to work for everybody. No, you know, is, um, no. I, I don't know. Um, it it it, it definitely is kind of cool. I will say that, but I'm also wondering, you know, what's what's the price tag going to be like on this puppy? We don't have one yet. No, doesn't doesn't seem um, seem friendly. No, it, it doesn't. And, 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 you know, I just think washing is going to be a disaster. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Speaking more about robots, I've been very intrigued with robots this week. I don't know why. It just sort of hit me. Uh, MIT um, has a robotic two-passenger robo. This is pretty cool. Uh, it is an autonomous boat, and it could be your next ride. Uh, MIT spent five years making this floating vessel, um, and actually is an upgrade from one they made before, and it may be um, a new way that we'll be communicating about waters. So um, there has been a race for a product like this for a while. Um, this particular product that that they have, uh, you know, they, they've rolled out um, actually is going to be about two meters long has four propellers, and it moves in any direction. Now, here's the thing I love the most. It uses LIDAR, light detection and ranging. That's pretty cool. So the fact that it can move in any direction, I think that's really powerful. And I think it could be something that actually helps people travel. You know, like we think about trains and stuff like that, but it just got a lot of versatility from, you know, what I can see. And again, it's still in the prototype phase, but something like this sounds like it could have some promise. What do you think? Yeah, this this can be very, very uh, useful and make make things very convenient. Um, I can see, you know, even some smaller uh, boat shops carrying these and uh, offering rides. Hmm. I I I, I agree. 
So speaking about, um, you know, robots and things like that, uh, like I said, robots have just really been very interesting to me. But to take a dive off of robots for a second, uh, we're always talking about Google, right? And this is kind of a little bit robotic. We talk about AI. Well, did you know that Google was recently uh, uh, was um, uh, was contracted uh, by the government to use their new Vision AI product? No, I didn't. Yeah, this this is quite fascinating. So their tech will be used for virtual a virtual border wall, and Google Cloud will be used in conjunction with uh, different industries and surveillance tech on the U.S. Mexico borders. So this is going to be their new, I guess, their new shiny weapon. Uh, a lot of um, employees are protesting the company's uh, claims and what they can do, but I don't know. My question is, what are they going to do with the data? That's always the right? question. Whenever data is involved, that's always the question. Because they're going to profile the data. And again, this is going to go with the Homeland Security Act. We know that. But when they get the data out there, I don't trust that Google's going to keep it, you know, just the government themselves. I really don't. And what's Google going to do with this data? That's a good question, too. Um. It's yeah. it's a very good question that inquiring minds want to know. We haven't heard that in a while, <laughs> right? But it, but it, but it definitely is. It's it's an intriguing question, uh, you know. And 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 another thing came to light, you know, when you think about all the animals outside, and you know, you think about uh, whether it's uh, uh, you know cockroaches or lizards, you really don't think that they would have much inspiration for somebody to do anything, right? Well, right. if you thought that way, you'd be wrong. <laughs> Because David Zeruka, he presented the Amphistar drone, which is able to move more quickly on both the ground and water. 3.5 milliseconds on land and 1.5 milliseconds on water. So it is a drone, if you will, uh, which basically acts very similar to a cockroach and a lizard in the way it's designed. I thought this was pretty neat. And um, this can really help because we know right now, Marcus, that the drones they have now, they, they can fly. They really weren't great on land. And forget water. <laughs> this is going to change the way drones are flown already. Uh, this is going to. Well, uh, well, maybe not just flown, but deployed, right? Because yeah, depl- well, yeah that's, that's the right word, deployed. <laughs> Now, now, now you're going to be able to. If there's no fly zone, well, you can just put the put the drone in 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 the reservoir and just paddle around. Um, is that going to open up doors for security and for Pandora's box? I think so. Yeah, just make up laws then at this point uh, to you know. Well, you can't you know walk on land with the drone a certain feet amount of feet. <laughs> so when you walk on some land, you know what happens. Speaking about land and mines. You walk on mines, the the, the, uh, the ground blows up. Well, Russia ordered a dozen new demoning robots. Now, what the heck is that? Well, a demoning robot. Have you ever heard of this before? This this you know this sounds very familiar from my military days. Uh, you know, uh, they they were they were experimenting experimenting with this, and I may be revealing some um, some top secret information that you know that no longer applies to me now. But there was a experiment with some men. I can't even say the word now, but they were um, playing around with some something like this. And um, they never did, you know, uh, uh, 
go full blown into, you know, working with these things. But uh, tell, tell us more about this. Sure. So, um, so when you have mines in the ground, sometimes the people that plant them don't know where the heck they put them. And sometimes the people that put them didn't put a proper map. And then sometimes those people are no longer with the military or with the agency that planted them yeah. or the contractor that planted them. So how do you get rid of these explosives? That's what the demoning does. Uh, it's a job that's best left for robots, military of defense. And you can clean up explosives by using a robot to literally uh, test the area first and then explode it. It's way better than the proven sticks that they gave us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. So it, it's uh, definitely changing the technology. And, uh, yeah. again, a demoning robot, it's, uh, it lacks the human dexterity that a human may have. But, hey, you don't have a human. You're getting destroyed. Exactly. Uh, and they more than make up an expendability. So if a robot, let's say, blows up after killing a few, I don't know, thousand mines, they feel that it's that it that its life is good that it that it that it was worth its uh due if you lose a human life well that's priceless you can always build a new demon robot for who what about a few million dollars or something yeah. and the ability to now send even price uh, a precise robot to clear expo explosives to a battlefield is something that they're working on right now and to the end the russian ministry of defense announced it was acquiring 12 more uh uran 6 demoning robots uran that's interesting in 2019. Now, the, the Iran 6 isn't the flashiest robot, but it's actually been tested in Syria. And much of the attention has gone in the potential implications of its, of its siblings and the armed uh, Iran 9 robot vehicle. So they're really taking this thing from one level and trying to make it even bigger. And right now, um, so demoning is a problem. And I want to quote um, one of uh, the Russian people in Bendit says, right now the UGV is used in Syria, but Russians also made a big deal of clearing American mines in the Laos recently ordinance left over the Vietnam War. So it seems like they're almost trying to do this to kill defense. Yeah, they are. You know, um, th this is this. We might have lost you there. I think we lost your audio. Here we are. That's better. No, maybe not. Down back. Uh, sort of. All right. Uh, okay. How about now? You're better. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that's going to create some animosity, and uh, you know who's going to be one that controls that, and. So now you can just send a deeming robing a robot out there and suddenly you can just kill the mines. I don't know if I like that idea. Yeah, yeah, because it it it, it it's going to un, you know make the uh, playing field kind of un, unfair, you know, but um but you know, but at the, at the same token, you know, um the US are definitely we like I said we have experimented with the same technology. Uh, we got the capability, but we just don't like investing the money. But um, you're 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 right. Yeah, but we but um, you know, with the right with the right administration, you know, I, I think the money will go back into that type of program so that uh, we're you know playing uh, all on the equal playing field.
But then at it the same, saves people's lives. That's the most important thing. It saves people's lives. Yeah, it saves people's lives. Yeah. So robots are definitely going to be shaping our world quite a bit. They're going to be fighting our wars uh, real soon. You, you've seen that one. What was the what was the the show? It's been out for a long time. The best robots where the robots literally are designed to kill each other. Yeah, killer robots. Um, they're killer robots. They have fire. They have uh, uh, blades, and it's just brutal to watch this and how how it's like once one robot just gives a second of vulnerability, the other one's right on its tail. But now, the thing that's different now about killer robots is they're going to have AI. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be able to perceive what the other robot's doing. They're going to be able to forecast it. That's going to be interesting. That is. It's going to be a, a whole nother level uh, you know, at the ball game here that, you know, we're going to be um, maybe be watching in our own generation. We don't know. <laughs> So robots are definitely going to be changing our world. We know that uh, as we're starting to get like drone deliveries and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, speaking about technology, uh, you know, one of the big issues that everyone always asks me is, you know, where is our world going? And sometimes, you know, you have to ask yourself with the antitrust being uh, cultivated under the new uh, Biden administration, the uh, Federal Trade Commission, the Department of Justice, um, Right now, there could be a big difference to what happens. And anti-experts see tougher antitrust policies right now than Obama's. And Biden is uh, overwhelming arrogance of saying of some tech leaders that, uh, you know, kind of this is what's happening. But it's interesting. I don't think anybody really knows, Marcus. Um, I think it's going to come down to. You know, what do we need to do to protect the people? And I don't think anybody's going to really do anything until a problem results. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, you know, th there's not enough. Um, there's nothing in place right now. There's nobody regulating uh, right now. Uh, there's a lot of outside uh, uh, organizations that, uh, you know, are essentially nonprofit organizations that's doing it. But there's, there's nothing heavily you know um formal at this point and right 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 and also what 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 do you think is going to go from there i honestly think uh i think that it's going to be very similar to what happened with the facebook and instagram nonsense how they created that whole you know that whole um entity yeah you know what i'm saying uh, that's where i think that's where i think we're going and I think it's going to become another place where people are going to have to sit back and there's going to be like new rules. Exactly. But the question is, you know, what are those rules going to be and how are they going to, and is it going to affect people's, um, is it going to affect where people are going? You know what I'm saying? I think that's really the, the magic is, you know, is it going to affect people or is it not going to affect people? And And I think the whole problem right now is that it's just going to be um, different because even though we have COVID and things like this, it's going to be different because people are not going to really know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're just, they're, they're not going to have a clue. 
And I think that's going to be the real problem. But I think we have to have a standard, Marcus, to where things come from, you know, and have some way of measuring, you know, when do we step in? When do we have to control things? And when does our safety uh, and freedom and tyranny get involved? When does when does safety and tyranny affect a uh, safety, you know, uh, affect freedom and tyranny? When does that happen? Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting um, world. But um, speaking of an interesting world, you know, when we're talking about COVID and lots of stuff coming up the pike, like we know um, there's going to be hopefully a vaccine coming out. There's different ones on the market that's supposed to be released soon. They're going to be doing the emergency meeting, I think, very soon. And uh, if the FDA approves that, then um, are people going to take that vaccine? That's my question, Marcus. Are people going to take that? Should they trust it? And I talk to people, a lot of people are very mixed about it. Mm -hmm. And I've even talked to some pharmacists off the record, and they're like, I don't think I want to trust it. You know, I think they rush too fast to get this vaccine out, which I think is good. But when you rush, there's usually problems, right? Right. And you got more companies um, coming out now that has... uh... 70 to 75 percent you know effective effectability with their with their um, vaccines and and they're saying that they can uh, distribute it at a at a much cheaper rate and and you know and, and you know in our government the cheaper always seems more attractive <laughs> than what's most effective uh i know i know it's it, it, it's just one of those things so i think yeah. we just have to kind of weigh that because it could become it could become a problem yeah, this could be a very big problem. And I think we won't know the truth, to be honest with you, until things change. We, right. we will not know until we get some more data. Uh, but speaking about, Marcus, you know, a lonely road. And, you know, a lot of people, whether you're a serial entrepreneur like myself or uh, somebody starting a, a first business or whether you work sometimes somewhere and you're starting a new skill, sometimes it could be a lonely road. My uh, next guest coming up uh, next week on Friday is going to be pretty amazing. Um, this person is actually going to be talking to us about the what we call the lonely road um, of an app of app development. It's lonely, and um, you have to sometimes, I guess, make sacrifices. And sometimes that is, you know, not going out with friends. Sometimes it's putting your social life on hold. But as a serial entrepreneur or a regular entrepreneur, do you have the discipline to do what it takes to be on that lonely road? And that's going to be something, I think, very interesting uh, that we're going to learn next week. What do you think about that, Marcus? You know, that's going to be very interesting. I'm I'm definitely geared up for that one. And I know the audience out there is geared up for that one as well. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, it has come to that time, Marcus. I don't know where our time goes, but um, again, I hope you all had a very happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, whether you're going to have more turkey, uh, whether you're going to have more pie, uh, whether you're going to help the family bake cookies or just sample each batch that's uh, coming out of the oven, as you can smell them or maybe you're actually going to go and just grab the dough with your finger please do wash your hands 
uh, in between. <laughs> and, um, you know, maybe you're going to do that. Or maybe you're just going to maybe do some holiday things. Maybe you're going to go get yourself a tree. Uh, or perhaps you're maybe going to start putting holiday decorations up. But whatever you do, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I do hope that you start to get get ready for the holidays. Be smart. Be safe. Practice social distancing. And just ask yourself, is what I'm doing something that could possibly cause me to become infected? And if the answer to that is going to be possibly, don't do it. I mean, we don't have to go out and get food and things like that. But I was talking to a lady today, and she was going to have 50 people over. And she suddenly changed her mind to only four. And I was so grateful of that. I talked to another neighbor just uh, today, and um, he was telling me that, you know, you always have to wear your mask. And I said, this is great. Thank you for telling me this. And you know what happened? Suddenly, calls me and says, oh, don't come near me. I said, what's the matter? He's like, well, I got to get tested. I'm not sure, but I was around people that were infected. Now, you know what he did, and I, I'm sorry, but he went out to lunch or dinner with people. Is that really important, Marcus? No, it's not. And it's not going out once with somebody maybe that's very off the blue path, like you might go somewhere and see one person once. He's going at every single week, several times a week. The odds are against you, aren't they? Yeah, it definitely you know, lessens your chances. Yeah. So, again, I hope that, uh, you know, Marcus, and I hope that you all stay safe uh, through now and through the holidays and, of course, forever. Uh, but if you do have a product um, and you'd like me to unbox it, you can reach out to us at jmor.com or you'd like to be a guest on the JMOR Tech Talk Show. Let me know what your uh, thoughtfulness is in the technology space. Set up a pre-interview with me and we'll see if you're a good match for the show. Remember, there's no cost for any of this. It's just value we provide our audience members. And again, that that being said, there is no selling on our show. Um, we're all about giving value. And if you follow that motto and you have something in the tech space or even connect to the tech space, we may just want to have you on the show as a guest. Everyone that we've had on the show has been all about value and all about quality. And we want to keep setting the bar and raising it even more so that we can give all you great people some amazing value. Because I think that's something, Marcus, that's lacking in our world. Everybody wants to charge for everything, but nobody wants to give value, right? That's right. You know, they don't want to give away nothing. So we, we got to change that narrative. We, we definitely do, you know. And uh, you, can, you can subscribe to our channel uh, very nominally, but the cost for the channel was at $3. So it helps kind of uh, pay for our lights and uh, a little bit of the production costs, uh, you know. So definitely do that. But... When we're doing these things, we're not selling you. We're not telling you to do something. If there's a sponsor on a show, they got to pay to advertise. But if you're coming on our show and you're talking about a technology, we've had lots of guests that we've interviewed and said, hey, we want to tell you about how we do this better and we have this product and we stop. We're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so our show is not a sales show, just so you're aware of that. And um, you can't come on the show if you're going to do that. And, and we're very strict about that, ladies and gentlemen. So if you do come on and you decide that you're going to, you know, be straight with us and then you decide to play that game, well, that's not going to be well for you uh, because we want to give value to our audience. And if you want to give value to our audience, please do reach out to us at jmor.com. Go to the contact us page. Let us know what idea you have for a show or whatever you'd like to know about. And we'll uncover what you want to know about technology. 
Um, so for myself and Marcus here at the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, um, we're going to wish you a very safe and enjoyable weekend with your family. And we'll be right here, right, Marcus, next Friday night right. at what time? Same time. Yes. Same, same place. Day. Tell your friends and tell your family about the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. We're the only place you need to be when you want to know about technology. Thank you for tuning in to the Jay Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 888 That's IT support to 888 and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Remember, jmor.com. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.